You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten Podcast. Brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis. We're fully entrenched into the summer now. Um, and Aiden, I wanted to start off here real quick. First off, how are you doing? How's everything going? Doing well. Got a nice little break this past week. Fourth of July came on. Oh, yeah. I like. How did you feel? How do you feel about a Tuesday break? Because me, I was like, Monday was easier to get through, and then the rest of the week. I was like, okay, I can do three days. Like, yeah, I felt like Tuesday was actually kind of a nice holiday day. It felt, you know, I didn't know if my my wife was crazy or if she was genius because she, you know, when I looked at this, I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to work Monday. I'll come back to work on Wednesday. And my wife was like, oh, I'm actually working Monday. And I'm like, why? And she's like, well, nobody's going to be in the office. I'm going to have very minimal things to do. And what I did was I took Wednesday off. So she worked Monday, worked very minimally, had Tuesday off, had Wednesday off. So she had a two day week. And I'm like, wow, like. That's like next level days off. Yeah, that's so. the move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, I really had like all meetings were canceled. So I'm just like working in my office, like at home, you know, working from home and there's nothing going on. I'm like, man, like that's that's why I married you. You're much smarter than I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, some other unrelated football news, but I, I've seen it. I've seen most people from Black and the Boys have jumped on the train. Have you not jumped on the threads train yet? Are you not you're not full board not, yet? <laughs> not yet. Do we think this is sustainable? Dude, is this something that's worth because I'm my thing is, is I'm always a guy that like I have Twitter. I sometimes use Instagram and then I like I have TikTok for like personal entertainment. I don't know if I can keep up with another unless it's something that is going to be long term. Like, is this a long term thing that you would recommend downloading? I'll tell you what, I, I understand the premise and I like what they're trying to do, but I have some beefs. Right. I have some issues with it. I don't I don't know. Maybe it's a me problem. I haven't figured it out where like I just want to see who I follow. Right. Like much like Twitter, I don't follow a ton of people. Right. So I see what I want to see. I control my environment with with threads. I think it's based on algorithm. So like you see what they think you want to see. And I'm like, I don't know these people. I don't care what these people have to say. So um, it's for me, it's been a little bit of a challenge. It's almost been like too much it's been an overload of things i don't know and don't care about which i'm not used to and like i don't think there's like direct messaging either so i don't know it's it's different well it also like that's the way instagram i I don't know about you but my instagram it's like half the content that's on my instagram now is not even people that i follow it's like people that yeah and then eventually i refresh instagram it's like oh there were actual posts from people that i follow why would you not (laughs) show me this first exactly i always find myself um on instagram doing the what is it? You click Instagram instead of like, I just go to following. I just want to see the people I follow. Like you said, I don't want yeah. to see or you tell me or you think I want to see. So that's kind of my, my gripe with thread or threads, whatever it's called. Now I'm on it because like it's the world we live in. Right. It's, I'm, I'm trying to be 
you know, in, in, in line with it. I'm getting old here, so I don't want anything to bypass me here, but um, no, I mean, it's fine. It's, it's been fun. And I guess it's given us one other outlet to to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Cause right now I was playing Madden before we get on here and I'm like itching, like I'm playing a game. I'm beating the giants badly. And I'm like, just <laughs> I'm trying to like, I looked at my wife and I was like, man, I'm so like, I got like the jitters how bad I want football to be back. What Madden are you playing? I'm playing Madden 23 with an updated roster. So, you know, yeah, I found like a a file in the community file. It's got all the draft picks on there. Um, You get to play Brandon Cooks, Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, Brandon Cooks, Stephon Gilmore, Mozzie Smith's in there. So it's been fun. And that's been holding me over because I don't buy many video games. I'm not a huge video game guy, but I always buy Madden and I always buy MLB The Show. So those are the two games that kind of get me through the year, so to speak. I used to be a Madden every year type of guy. And I think it was around Madden 20, I want to say 21, maybe 20, 20 or 21. One of those two years, I was I was just like, I don't play video games enough for me to justify buying the new version. Like I and I'm still yeah. to this day playing online matches on like Madden. I, I haven't <laughs> done it in like a year, but I was playing like online matches in Madden 21 where like <laughs> everybody around you just has a 99 overall team because they've been playing this game for four years stop yeah yeah my whole thing is i used to love it but i'm I'm such a nostalgia guy i'm such uh like i love the old days like i sound so corny saying that because i'm not old but i used to love lining up at like 11 o'clock at night and waiting for the madden release and then you know going through the line (laughs) grabbing the madden going home even though i'm tired and playing it for like two or three hours so now that i have like the next gen and i just download it and it's like on there it takes out all of like the the fun of it so yeah i'm going to the store yeah, are I think you, that's part of it. Are you going to be a uh, NCAA? Are you going to buy the NCAA Definitely. game when it comes out? Definitely. Okay. Me yeah, too. Because that's a whole different thing. And I, 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 that's a game that I miss in my childhood. So I, I can't wait for that. Uh, NCAA or Madden? What are you taking? Oh, I'm an NFL guy. So I'm probably picking Madden. But I know that I'll find myself like deeply entrenched into the NCAA game. I know that. I just th- like. The NCAA create like where you get to create your franchise or just play with your college and recruit. Like to me, that is peak sports video games. I'm going to take NCAA. Yeah, I I think I knew you're going to lean that way. I think you had mentioned that before. I think you and RJ are both kind of off the Madden train a little bit, which is fine. Like, you know, I mean, they've kind of rested on their laurels a little bit. It's and still I'm just a good a game. Yeah, it's solid. I mean, I think we yeah. can say that it's solid. But um, speaking of solid. We had talked about it. The Cowboys did it. They had to bring somebody in. Um, the Cowboys brought in a kicker for Tristan Viscaiano or Viscaiano. I know he's Italian. I'm not trying to butcher his name here, but some competition from Brandon Aubrey, a kicker for the USFL's Birmingham Stallions. His story is pretty interesting. I, I'm sure you've seen it, but for the people who hadn't seen it, he's a guy who's a multi-sport athlete who played professional soccer for uh, the Toronto FC Football Club, um, which is interesting. You know, that's where he's got that that kicking background. Um, he's an interesting guy. So I want I want to ask you point blank, periodly, what is your initial thoughts to this? Is this enough? I'm gonna say it's okay for right now because because I know the Cowboys cap situation and if they need to, like if they get to training camp and we get to like the first five days in Oxnard and what happens this year, like the same as what happened last year happens this year, where it becomes very apparent that both kickers aren't going to work. Like last year it was right. It was, we've been through this. It was Garibay and who it was somebody, right? 
I think I've asked you the same question like two weeks ago. <laughs> anyway, it was Garby and somebody else. They comp- they it became very, very evident like by like day three. It's like, okay, neither of these guys are gonna work. And so they went out, they were they got very lucky with Maher. But this year they have a little bit more room to move where like if they decide that either Viscano or Aubrey doesn't work, they could they still have more than enough cap room to sign a guy like Gould, to sign a guy like Crosby. Like that would be your fallback a lot safer than a guy like Brett Maher. So I'm I'm fine with it. At least we're starting to address the position a little bit. Yeah, and so you answered it perfectly because it, that was kind of one of my questions I added on to this that I'll, I'll throw out now because you kind of answered it perfectly. Um, it doesn't really matter, right? Like they bring it in, we get some competition. If one of the guys emerges and they're solid, um, we might have a kicker here for cheap on a relatively you know undrafted free agent type level of payment. If it doesn't work out, then we're just gonna find somebody later in the in the training camp like we did last time with Brett Maher. So yeah, it's it's good. I mean, it's it's obvious, right? They were going into camp with two guys. The fact that they only had one made this move obvious and imminent, right? So um, I'm intrigued by it. I, I actually posted a video of he made three 60 yard field goals, which you know a lot of people, a lot of comments were like, cool, what can he do inside? Like, we don't really care about the leg, but I thought it was cool because the leg matters, right? If you got the ability, yeah. it, the ability matters, right? Because he's also going to have to be able to boom these kicks. And I know that John bones fossil loves a guy who can kick touchback. So if he's got that in the leg power, that's huge. But looking at it, from 39 yards and in over the last two seasons for the Birmingham Stallions, he went 22 for 23. That's all you need, right? If you can just drill those in between there, the Cowboys will be just fine. Exactly. I mean, the Cowboys, hopefully, I mean, it seems like this has been Mike McCarthy's philosophy over the past couple of years and going into next season. I hope he even, he takes up the mantle even more where if you're talking fourth and four, fourth and five, and they're within the 20 yard, the Cowboys are going to go for it a lot more than they did under Jason Garrett. So the kicker is becoming a lot less important for the Cowboys, which is a good thing because once again, Touchdowns are worth seven points. Field goals are worth three. We're always going for touchdowns here. What I will ask, I want to ask you, being the USFL guy, there was rumblings that Matt Coughlin was actually the better kicker out of the USFL. I was wondering, I guess this is a two-part question. A, do you have an, do you have, have you formed an opinion of Aubrey versus Matt Coughlin? And B, what if, do you think they should still bring another person in? Do you make this a three-headed monster heading into camp? A three-headed competition monster, I guess. I think they'll probably handle it much like they did last year, right? I think they're going to keep the ear to the street. I think Will McClay even said it during the offseason. This is something that we're going to turn every rock over and look at every crevice to find a kicker. So I think they're okay with the two guys they got here. Whether we believe that or not is another question, but I think they're okay. I think they're going to monitor guys like you know Crosby and guys like Robbie Gould and like you mentioned. So um, I, I just... I think it's going to play out where Gary Bay was out here missing every kick in camp and it was just really bad. I could see them just, you know, just like they do anybody in camp, just move them out, move into somebody new. And I kind of wanted to pivot. What you said kind of reminded me of this question is Brett Maher, uh, like a safety valve for you. Are you a crack glass if need be type of situation with Brett Maher? We are on the same page because I was just about to ask you if either of these guys (laughs) don't work, do we just sign Brett Maher? I, Man, it's really tough because we can go like if we sign Brett Maher, we can go through 17 games of the regular season where Brett Maher looks like a stud. If Brett Maher, if say Viscano um, and Aubrey don't work out, we sign Brett Maher and he goes perfect in the regular season, not missing a single field goal or PAT. And then we get to playoff time. How would you be feeling? 
because I'm still scared. I don't care how yeah. well he does in the regular season. If we get to playoff time again, I don't know what's happening because last year I saw a guy who it did, it looked like he had never kicked a football before. And so I'm, I'm willing to, I don't know. Like we're, we lucky we're lucky. We blew the bucks out. If, yeah, if it was a close game, you could easily lose that off a guy who just couldn't make PATs. And I don't want to take that risk with the Cowboys history. I'm not going to, re- I don't want to have the kicker be the reason that the Cowboys don't reach an NFC championship for the first time in 26 years, 27 I, years, whatever. I, you know, I totally agree. I think I, I, for me, that's forever tattooed in my mind. I know we had some conversation in the Slack chat when it happened with difference of opinions. I know some people that cover the team for us were saying, well, like, think about how nails he was during the regular season, which is right. You can't get rid of that. But in that moment, right, where we understand that winning a, a Super Bowl is probably the hardest thing to do in sports, right? I think winning, a you got to be perfect. You got to be lucky. Things got to bounce your your way. What, how would we feel, right? You kind of alluded to it. If Dak had the type of game he did against Tampa Bay, but the defense slipped up and the kicker couldn't make his field goals and we lose this game. Like Dak's the one who's wearing that. And and that's the part where it gets tough when you have these QBs on a, uh, you know, wins on a QB stat, right? Because we would blame that. And, and the one that he kicked against, um, against the 49ers, it wasn't even close. It got blocked. And I think he was going to miss that anyway. I don't know. If oh, he was. That. Yeah, he was wide left, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was wide yeah. left. It got blocked, thankfully for him. But mm-hmm. it's tough because kicking to me and I've never been a kicker, but from the conversations I've had is much like golf. Like you can get in your own head. You can get in a scary mental place. And, and Brett Maher's talent is undeniable. But where was his headspace at is the one thing that I would wonder. And moving forward into this year. He, I don't know what it looks like wherever he may end up. If he's not a cowboy, like what's that week one look like for a Brett Maher? So I, it's it's definitely something to to watch, but I would be definitely nervous about that. Yeah, on like a personal level, I do hope Brett Maher is a starting kicker somewhere in 2023. Like if we're talking like sign with a team, like I don't I don't really know the kicker needy teams. I'm not that I'm not, I don't have my nose to the ground that much in the NFL, but a kicker needy team, I'd love to see him sign, do well maybe progresses like I'm rooting for Brett Maher as the guy I just me personally I'm not going to take the chance of like this being such a big season we've talked about it it's although although other people might say differently this is a big season for Mike McCarthy this is a big season for Dak Prescott this to a lesser extent I mean Dan Quinn doesn't need to prove anything but this season has implications on Dan Quinn's career I don't I don't want a kicker to be the reason that this season ends so I'm not going to take the risk with Brett Maher and so asking that before we wrap up this segment here does that kind of why we have these two kickers here kind of scratch your make you scratch your head a little bit like we understand this defense is built to win now this offense is built to win now Mike McCarthy has this immense pressure on him Dak's going to be 30 you know there's a lot of uh, external factors that play into why this is a big year and then a 30-year team is your special teams unit we're like I will try the kid from you know the Stallions or Viscayano who was with the Patriots for a cup of coffee like it feels very loose and cavalier at the kicker position for a team that's ready to win now especially when you throw in the fact that the Cowboys have some of the most cap space in the NFL like right. even if they get extended like say Dak gets extended it's sure they might shift some of the money this year but it's not like they're gonna have cap space regardless of what happens with contracts unless they sign like a guy like DeAndre Hopkins which they aren't and so why would you not like just bring in an established vet like 
Mason Crosby makes too much sense. He's played with Mike McCarthy. He has beaten the same Cowboys team under Mike McCarthy. Why, like, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion between Gould, Crosby. I didn't really pay attention to either that much last season. But I'll say, like, that's two vets that you can get for four or five million dollars but why do you what are you going to do with that money other than that i don't i don't want us to walk into the season with 20 million dollars and a question mark at kicker when guys like gould and crosby are still out on the market another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Totally agree. And there's a lot of pressure, like we said, and now kind of help me segue into our second segment here is talking about Dak Prescott feels, quote, the sense of urgency. He had his camp on Saturday as we record this Sunday, and he got to meet with some of the collective media there. And, you know, some of his quotes here, I'll kind of read it from the the NFL.com Jeremy Bergman article here. He says, 1000% 1000% Dak said responded Saturday when asked by Nick Eatman of the team site if he feels an urgency to win. He continued, just understanding injuries and what I've been through throughout my career and understanding you don't have forever to play this game. I'm blessed for every moment that I get just trying to take it with a sense of urgency. So I ask you, um, going into year eight, 30 years old, to you, Aiden Davis, how big is this year for Dak personally? Yeah, this is something that we talked about John Machota with uh, about last week. So if you haven't listened to that episode, we had a great conversation with John Machota. He talked about what he sees is is like, is this an important year for Dak? Is this not? I won't spoil it. What I will say with this season specifically, okay, I guess I will spoil it. I think John summed it up perfectly when he said, we as Cowboys fans naturally put pressure on our quarterbacks. And the fact this drought naturally, like as the longer this drought goes without an NFC championship, that's only going to build up the amount of um, pressure that's on whatever Cowboys starting quarterback. And so I like for a normal, like if we're talking like, what about a guy like Derek Carr? Derek Carr's 31 years old, hasn't won anything in the playoffs. Kirk Cousins is older than Dak. You don't hear this being a make-or-break season for Kirk Cousins. Like Everybody's like, yeah, Kirk's our quarterback. We'll ride with him until until he doesn't work out. Like You don't see a sense of urgency from Kirk, who's older than Dak. Derek Carr, there's no sense of urgency. I mean, I just, like, this is part of the Cowboy, like, this is part of the being a Cowboys quarterback. I do. He probably feels a sense of urgency, but if he was a quarterback anywhere else, it'd be like, I don't know if there'd be that same urgency. Yeah. I want to choose my words carefully here because I'm, I'm pro Dak Prescott through the, through and through. Like I'm a big Dak Prescott guy. I'm a defender, Um, you know, within my personal life, within professional, like I'll always be the guy that defends Dak Prescott. 
I say this to say, knowing it's unfair, but this year feels very important to me for Dak Prescott, right? To get the 30 years old, to be in year eight, we haven't gone past the divisional round. He carries the weight of expectation that is absolutely not fair for him, okay? But he understands, we understand, and he understands the leader he is, right? But we need to see this work out for him and this football team. We we just talked about briefly how it's so hard to win a championship in the NFL. So if this man goes his whole career and doesn't win one, that doesn't, in my mind, negate everything he did for this league and for this team. It will just always be that chip on his shoulder if he doesn't get it. I think he sees it, and I can hear it in these words when I read it. 30 years old, year eight, guys are much younger than him now. He's understanding how this NFL game works and how few cracks you really get at it. So I'm sitting here saying they got Brandon Cooks, they got Stephon Gilmore, they got two young superstars in, in, in Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. The talent is there. I mean, we got Demarcus Lawrence is like the OG of this team. We got guys that are starving who deserve championships, right? Guys that have come and passed who haven't won a championship Again, and I'll say it, the burden shouldn't be on him because we haven't won one in 27 years. Tony Romo came and went without one. And, you know, we still love and revere that guy. I just know what his legacy throughout the masses nationally will be perceived if he doesn't get one. So I would love to see it kind of for my own selfish personal reasons as a Cowboys fan. But I know that this man, Dak Prescott, what he's been through professionally, personally, he deserves it more than anybody I can think of. And I just don't know if that's in the back of his mind. But when I think about Dak Prescott in totality, that's kind of what's in my head. I mean, I think both things can be true. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think a, the argument that I made of the expectations are unfair and expecting Dak 100%. to be a Super Bowl win. Yeah, I think that's completely true. But I also think everything you said is a hundred percent factual as well, where yeah, I mean, because those expectations are so high, I mean, we saw what the outrage that came this season and like Dak put up an all time performance against the Buccaneers. I'm not going to defend his performance against the Niners could have absolutely could have been better, but he put up an all time performance against the Buccaneers fails in the second round of the playoffs. And I mean, now you're, you're we're having the interceptions debate. We're having somewhat of a debate about his light. Like it seems like that debate's happening every day on Twitter. You can't escape it. And so I think Dak Dak hears this. He knows that like, if we go through another season where I don't make it to the NFC championship, like the, the volume is going to grow loud. And I don't think that's going to cause like Dak's the quarterback. It's not going to cause a change in personnel, but at some point, like the noise, the volume is getting loud. Dak feels the sense of that external pressure of I need to win now. And so I do agree. Like if, if they fall short in the second round of the playoffs again, I don't know what's going to happen to the national. Like it's going to be, it's going to be more debate. Like I, I just, I absolutely think you're right. We're like, I think if the Cowboys don't make it to an NFC championship or a Super Bowl this year, the volume's just going to grow very loud. And on top of that, we haven't really touched on this, but Dak is one of now one of the older starting quarterbacks in the league. Part of that is just because quarterbacks are getting younger, but like, I think he was, was he the oldest quarterback in the playoffs last year? I think he might've been the oldest quarterback in the playoffs outside of Geno Smith. I think yeah. Geno Smith was 32. Dak was the second oldest. Well, with Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, he's the longest tenured with his current team than anybody in the NFL. Exactly. Going into a year eight, staying with the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, I'm thinking about this. Everything you said, it, it makes a lot of sense. It's it's you're right on the money. If, if you cover the Cowboys or you watch as a fan, you know 
what the national climate is like with this team, with this quarterback. It just comes with the territory. But when I think about Dak Prescott, and and I'm interested to see how you feel about this, um, the man we know is a is a is a quality human being. Walter Payton, man of the year, right? Protects himself, you know, reputation wise. Protects himself money wise when investments. Like what I, I say this to even mention it because what is the motivation of this guy, right? At this point, it's got to be about legacy. It's got, I mean, he has more money than he'll probably ever know what to do with. And he's got more coming. He's going to get another contract. He's going to double up on that, right? He's got proper placement. He's got situations where everything is comfortable around him. Now you sit back as a 30-year-old man. And for anybody who didn't know me, Dak Prescott have the same birthday. So I know, you know, exactly when his birthday (laughs) is. We come in late July birthday, right? And you sit here and you're like, what else can I do professionally? And that question, bottom line for Dak Prescott and pretty much anybody in his position is go win a championship. That will cement you. I mean, there is if he goes out and wins a championship, I just don't know how anybody can sit here and say anything. I don't know if you've ever seen Step Brothers, and this is probably a bad analogy, but like. Everybody talks about Dak Prescott in a negative light. You remember when they came in with tuxedos and they were sitting yeah. there? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. now everything's a little messed up. If he wins a Super Bowl, I think now everything looks better, right? You're not knocking Dak Prescott for unreasonable things. If he wins a Super Bowl, now you start highlighting some of the positive stuff he did. You might look at it with a little more favor. And, you know, it's just, it's not fair because we've seen guys like Rex Grossman go to the Super Bowl. We've seen, you know, teams like Trent Dilfer. Joe and like, Flacco. Like, I'd argue, I'd throw yes, Joe, Joe Flacco, Flacco into that tier. Yeah. Yeah. It's so he Nick may Bulls. have to put this team on his back a little bit. And I think he's absolutely capable of doing it. But if you ask me what I think internally drives Dak Prescott, and it's a yeah, duh thing, but it's got to be about legacy and championships at this point. And he knows what happened to the last Dallas Cowboys quarterback who went, who had an, very impressive career one of the like i'll die on this like tony romo is will be my favorite i I love tony romo to death he'll be one of my favorite quarterbacks until the day that i die i think his stats were incredibly impressive but nobody's nobody's gonna talk about tony romo's legacy anymore because his legacy is summed up in one sentence of he didn't get it done for the cowboys and so we're like us who like saw tony romo play and saw what he did regularly was like yeah that is an amazing quarterback playing football. But, like, I think people are now, they're throwing him into, like, he he was Eli Manning without the rings. And to me, it's like, that's his le- that's going to be his legacy because of the expectations. When you're a Dallas Cowboys quarterback, it's championship or bust. It doesn't matter the stats you put up. It doesn't matter that in 2014, Tony Rome was an MVP contender. None of that matters unless you win a Super Bowl. And so, because, unless Dak wins a Super Bowl, I think he's he could be staring down the same barrel of, Sure, he was cool at times, but the only thing that mattered was winning a Super Bowl, and he never did that. And that's and I so badly on a personal level for a guy who genuinely enjoys rooting for Dak Prescott, who's obviously a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. I do not want to see this history repeat itself. I don't want to see the same story written about two guys that I have immense respect for, not only professionally, but personally. I think they're both solid dudes, easy to root for. Like, I just so that's the thing. I just I know that the expectations of Dak Prescott is unfair and, but I, we, you know, this not to get off on a crazy tangent here, but like, that's what the sense of urgency when I hear Dak Prescott say that is about to me. I read that as a guy who understands he's going to be 30 years old. He's on the wrong side of 30. Now I know quarterbacks can play longer. They can change the style of the game. He can be more pocket. He doesn't have to scramble, whatever. Like the league is having quarterbacks play later and later as we get older here. But 
I, I understand. I think he sees the time clock more than he did two, three, four years ago. You know, when you're 25, 26 and you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, you're not thinking about 30, 31 years old. You're not thinking about year eight. So now we're in year eight and we haven't seen past the divisional round yet. Now he's like, all right, like it's it's time to go. I, you know, please, Jerry, Steven, Will, everybody, let's make some moves. Let's bring, bring Brandon Cooks in here. Let's get this done. And I mean, I, I hate to turn this into a negative discussion, but I mean, if you're looking at this roster, we've talked about this countless times this offseason. Diggs is about to get paid. CD's about to get paid. I saw a projection. Mike is probably going to make in the ballpark of $35 million a year. I mean, you Aaron Donald's at 32. So Mike is more dynamic than Aaron Donald. He's going to, Mike is going to get paid a lot and like throw in some like, Hopefully Mozzie gets paid one day. There's going to be like, you're going to have to start doling out contracts. And so this off season where you're walking in with $20 million of spare change, you were able to get cooks. You're able to get Gilmore like Dak's about to get paid again. I just don't think this, I think this is going to be your best shot in a long time, but before the money starts getting tight and you don't like, you don't have as much room to move. You don't have as much room to give Dak weapons, the weapons that he needs. And so, I don't want to turn this into a negative discussion, but I do think this is the best opportunity the Cowboys are going to have in a long time. I think you're absolutely right. And we'll wrap up the Dak Prescott situation here or the segment that we were just talking about with a simple question that's probably a complicated answer. Maybe not. Maybe it's a very stern yes or no for you, but I'll ask you point blank, period. Do you think, Aiden Davis, that Dak Prescott has what it takes to lead this team to a championship? Yes, I absolutely. I mean, you listed some names that the, like... I th- we the quarterback position is important. Absolutely. It is by far and away the most important position on the field. But outside of Patrick Mahomes, maybe Joe Burrow, maybe Josh Allen, I don't think there's a there are not a lot of quarterbacks that's just like that guy and that guy alone can win you a Super Bowl. And and historically, like I don't even I'm not even put, I don't, Aaron Rodgers isn't even on that tier. And that's a Hall of Fame quarterback right there. Aaron Rodgers needed Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, and a plethora of other guys to win a championship. And then he still consistently fell short after that. There are not a lot of quarterbacks who can just will you to a Super Bowl. Dak's not one of those. He's not just going to be a guy who put a bunch of role players around him. He's going to get you to a Super Bowl. But if you put the right team around Dak Prescott, there's not a doubt in my mind that if the ball bounces the right way, We've talked about this on the podcast before. The NFL playoffs involve a lot of luck. The ball bounces the right way. Dak Prescott gets lucky in the playoffs. Not a doubt in my mind he could be raising the Lombardi. I I 100% totally agree. I think that everyone has this detractors or negative people that speak about quarterback play and maybe Dak Prescott specifically have this idea that you need to have this mega superstar to win a Super Bowl. And I'm sure it makes it easier. Right. But what do we like you mentioned? What does he go one a generation two every 10, 15 years that have that type of ability? Dak Prescott doesn't need to be that. Right. And I think we've seen this team try different ways to win. 2018, it was Nope, this ain't working. Let's go get Amari Cooper. But at first, they were like, all right, let's try this mismatch of wide receivers. We'll let Dak Prescott elevate them. And to a degree last year with Noah Brown and, you know, Cedric Wilson's even gone. So I think the Cowboys probably had a powwow and sat down and were like, listen, we have a great quarterback, a very good to great quarterback here. But is he Patrick Mahomes? It's probably not Patrick Mahomes. And he doesn't have to be. We got to build him around. 
Dak Prescott is 100% without a doubt in my mind, a top 10 quarterback, and he's in that five to seven, five to eight range for me comfortably. You can win with that. You can win with that guy all day, build around him. Don't try to have him lift everybody. That will come organically, but build around him in the meantime, and you can win a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, that's why I don't like, and it's not on you for asking this question, because I think there's a conversation that we should have had a while ago in terms of quote unquote, is Dak Prescott, can he win a Super Bowl? I just like when people say, no, Dak Prescott's never going to win you a Super Bowl. Nick Foles has a Super Bowl ring. We just listed off the names. Joe Flacco has a Super Bowl ring. Dak Prescott's better than both of those names. Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl ring. Dak's better than it. Yeah. Yeah. And then like Jared Goff was like, all he had to do was put up a semi-competent game and he had to like he had to exceed 13 points Dak Prescott's better than Jared Goff and Jared Goff was on the biggest stage like don't don't give me the Dak can never make it to a Super Bowl every quarterback no sorry 50 percent of starting quarterbacks in the NFL can make it to a Super Bowl if the ball bounces the right way you get lucky in playoffs and you have a good enough team around you the Cowboys have a good enough team around them all they need is the for the ball to bounce the right way and Dak Prescott can make it to a Super Bowl. So the whole he's not a good he's not a Super Bowl quarterback that to me is always that's always rubbed yeah. me the wrong way. Yeah, I agree. And I think the biggest evidence to what you're saying is Nick Foles. Like you said, he wins yeah. the championship and now the dude can't even find a job. He, he can't even be a number 3 on somebody's roster right now. So if that guy and you said 50%, Nick Foles winning it might have opened that to 60, you know, 55%. Yes. So it's 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 I say that, you know, tongue in cheek, but like if you got the team around you, and I think that's why people talk about, you know, get it while your quarterback's on a rookie deal, because you can have all these assets to go and build your team around you because they understand you just have to have a competent quarterback. If you got studs around you with a little bit of luck, a little bit of skill, good coaching staff. I mean, there's would you be surprised? And this is a kind of uh, real quick before we segment out. Would you be surprised? There's like nine teams that can win the Super Bowl this year. Like, would you be surprised if like the Bills, you know, if the if the Chiefs win it again? I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles found a way. The Cowboys, like, there are teams that could find a way to do this. And that that is the 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 what is it? The parity of this league, right? There isn't one dominant figure that could every year is going to take it out and win it. There's at least like eight AFC teams, young quarterback. Right. Like if if the Chargers came out with Kellen Moore and just like that offense is unstoppable, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Chargers made it to a Super Bowl. Am I betting on it? Absolutely not. But like, that's the thing. Like I think there's there's three tiers of quarterbacks. There's quarterbacks who just put them on the field, they're going to win for you. This is like literally maybe Patrick Mahomes is the only person quarterback in this tier right now. There's quarterbacks who you can win with. Dak Prescott and 80% of quarterback. No, sorry. 60% of quarterbacks yeah. are in that tier. And then there's quarterbacks who you have like, they're just in despite of, yeah. <laughs> in despite of this quarterback, you have to win right. so that bottom tier. Isn't make it to the super bowl. Everybody else can make it to a super bowl at the right amount of magic. And so like, I'm not, are I'm not saying Dak Prescott is like on the Patrick Mahomes tier. No, he's just a quarterback that he's in that 60% somewhere. I don't know where you have him. But just admit he's in that 60% of quarterbacks. I mean, I think that's, I mean, it's entirely fair and it's, it is so true. And, um, you know, we'll wrap that up there because I think that's really well said. And, you know, as we get to segment three here, our final segment of the show, um, I just want to reset the timeline a little bit, right? We're going to talk about the Cowboys and how we feel as a general thought two weeks out. We only have one more episode. So next week's episode, 
will be the last week of like off season because the next one that we're going to record will be on the 23rd with the team reporting on the 25th. So that means when you guys listen to it will be the 24th, it will officially be like Oxnard week. So we got really one more off season episode. So I say all that to say, Aiden, let's have a general reset of this team two weeks out. What are you most confident about right now? And what are you most worried about as we're getting close to this time? I mean, I don't want to spoil the interview with John Machado again, but he touched on it. This is the best defense I've seen in my lifetime. I was born in 99. I watched 2008. That was a cool season. I watched 2014. That was a great offense. I watched 2016. Hyper-efficient team that I loved watching. I've seen the last five years where you've had some ups, some downs. I've never seen a defense this good. And to me, like that's exciting. That's where I'm putting my money of defenses i know it's an offensive driven league but having a great defense like when that's not that's not going to hurt your team it might not be the most important thing in the nfl right now but if you can limit teams to 17 20 a game and you have a competent offense like the cowboys do that's a winning recipe i mean you st- it's easy to talk about right the thing that i'm very confident about is the defense like you said specifically the secondary with the corners and the you know the safeties i love our pass rush Sneaky, though, I'll tell you this, and people aren't talking about everybody talks about the things that they're worried about is the offensive line. What are we going to do with the health? What's Terrence Steele? Where's Tyler Smith going to be? I'm sneaky, sneaky, right? Worried about the linebackers a little bit, right? I think that's reasonable. You know, like I I think we understand what Leighton Van Esch is going to provide. I think he's the leader of the group, the elder statement at this point. I'm intrigued by Damone Clark. I need to see more from Jabril Cox. We don't know anything we're going to get from Devin Harper or DeMarvion Overshone. Like, we just don't know what's there at the linebacker room. Anthony Barr is in here. That's a distant memory at this point. So as we sit here and reset the linebacker room, you're telling me, I mean, top to bottom, defensive line, corners, safeties, we feel awesome. The linebackers, I'm just very, you know, if one injury goes down, if Lane Randosh gets the next thing or something that he's dealt with in the past, I mean, we're trying out. Damone Clark and Jabril Cox in a, in a very good defense that could really mess things up in the middle there. I don't disagree with you at all. I think the linebackers are like that, especially depth if, down, which historically he's, he he's not, it's not like he's an iron man on the field. I, but I will say with the, especially with the addition of Mozzie Smith with beefing up the defensive line a little, like I think junior Foco is going to move into the, it's like you have some more guys on the interior Yes, one huge guy in Mozzie Smith, who's 700 pounds of pure muscle, apparently. I just I think if like an LVE goes down, I don't think you're going to see as big of a drop off as you did last year. I think like the linebacker position as a whole isn't as important as it once used to be. And so like, yeah, obviously I'm going to be rooting for a full 17 games plus playoffs for LVE. That's going to be huge for this team. But if he does go down, I think. I just think the defensive line's so good that like, yeah, you're you're gonna see some runs probably make it further in the once they break to the second level, they're gonna go further than they should because our linebackers aren't gonna be there to cover them up. But overall, like if any position's gonna be weak on this team, I think I'm I'm okay with it being linebacker. I, I yeah, I, I say that to say like I agree with that. Like linebacker feels a lot like running back where you can get away with it in some you know instances where you don't have to have the most supremely talented guys. I'm just nervous because I would hate for injuries to happen where they're like, okay, Micah, you're gonna have to bump back out. And we're gonna instead of having this defensive end role that we know that you're an absolute demon at, like 
now you're gonna have to be off the ball linebacker, which minimizes his impact a little bit. You just got to get more, you know, fancy with how you use him, which leads to more fatigue, which leads to less effectiveness. So I just see a domino effect there that I'm kind of nervous about now. You know, we can go into camp and Overshone can show that freakish athletic ability. Jabril Cox can be another year removed from the ACL injury. And all of a sudden he looks like who we thought he would. Damone Clark is finally in a full camp and he's getting his NFL body in year two. So I could very easily just be like, okay, like everything I said in July is, you know, it's over with. I feel good about it. The linebacker is going to be fine. But again, you know, it's that the kicker situation in the offensive line that's going to derail this team. And obviously things are going to get figured out and somebody's going to be right. It's either us who are questioning it or the team who's making the moves. But you had touched on it last segment. This team is too good to play around and they got pl- plenty of money to make a situation. If you even think for one second that this could derail your football team in this pursuit of a championship, go out there and fix it and let's just get it over with. I'm completely with you. I'd love for them to address linebacker and offensive line a little bit more with their remaining money. But to me, it's like, in terms of what I'm worried about this season and what I think could potentially derail this season, it's like offensive line is number one. And then like, there's a grand Canyon sized gap. And that's like linebacker kicker. Like, well, I will say just for clarity, clarification, I don't want them to spend any more resources on linebacker. I'm just hoping these guys develop. And that's, yeah, I'm that's nervous because I haven't seen it. Like, I don't want them to have to spend money on it. I just want these guys that they took DeMar, DeMar on Overshawn a little early, right? They, I mean, some people have him the fourth, fifth round guy. They took him in a third round. If he's that third round guy, we could probably feel good about it. But right now, we just don't know. I mean, I'm a Texas fan and I loved watching DeMar <laughs> and Overshawn play. And I still, I'm not confident in the guy. Like, uh, I saw, I, I'm not, he's not, he, I like the pick in the third round, hyper athletic. Like you said, he, but there, there's flaws in his game. Like he's not a perfect linebacker by any mean. He's a little bit undersized. And if you're talking about removing Leighton Vanderash, you're not looking at Damone Clark, Jabril Cox, Demarvian Overshone. Mm-hmm. They're all fast guys, but they're all kind of small guys. Small, and so like young, yeah, inexperienced. yeah, exactly. And so like, I'm with you. I, I'm a little bit worried about linebacker, but like on my list of worries, the thing that's keeping me up, it's like offensive line is keeping me up every night. And like, uh, linebackers like a nagging paper cut that I'm like that's yeah. annoying but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny and so I want to ask you this because we're kind of doing a general reset here in our final segment um, where are you at tight end wise do you think it's schoolmaker's job do you think it's Ferguson's defend off because I'll tell you I'll give you a second to think about it I think it's Ferguson's job I think schoolmaker is going to get plenty of snaps I think he's going to be in the mix plenty but I think that Ferguson can be what they need him to be now, how dynamic does he have to be? I don't know. Right. I don't know what that looks like, but are you in the camp that this is schoolmaker's job? You know, I don't know if you've seen the film or how people are talking about it, but I feel like Ferguson's kind of been like an afterthought here. And I don't know if that's fair just yet. No, I think it's, it's definitely Ferguson's job to lose. Now it might be one of those things where it's like a quote unquote, your job to lose. But by week five, we know Schoonmaker is going to be the starter. Like, I hope that's not the case. I hope like they turn it into a true competition where let's see during practice every week. And in the limited amount of game time, we get to see, we're going to try out the best tight end. And if Schoonmaker develops into that, we're going to start him. If it's still Ferguson by the end of the season, great. Schoonmaker has, he'll have another year to develop eventually. But I, I think for week one, when the Cowboys trot out their 11 guys on offense, Ferguson's going to be the tight end. And I think in like specifically week one, and especially true with this injury that Schoonmaker seems to be dealing with, 
I think we're going to see Ferguson and Hendershot combined for like 80% of the snaps with Schoonmaker might get, might get 10, McKeon might get 10. Mm, interesting. If and that's so, assuming they're carrying four tight ends, which yeah. they might just carry three. Well, Hunter Lepke, right? If he comes in, we had talked about exactly. This. If he yeah. comes in, he's everything they need at fullback. Our guy, Sean McEwen, a friend of the show, a Massachusetts guy, but you know, that's kind of the tough business we're in here. So, you know, yeah. I think it's important offseason for McCune. He's going to have to come out here and he's going to have to find a way to, you know, make his presence felt. But yeah, there is a lot of roster, especially at the back end of, you know, roster decisions to be made and, you know, jobs to fight for. And another job, I think this is something that's probably not talked about as much because people are, you know, interested in Chris Vaughn. But the running back two to me is a little... It's unsettled, right? Because yeah. anytime you can go on our website and see all these other sites, just like blogging the boys and other fans and, and even you know the mothership talk about Ronald Jones, Malik Davis, Rico Dowdle, like Deuce Vaughn, there is no consensus of who's number two here. And if you don't have a consensus, you might not have one. This is another thing where I'm okay with, like I'm okay just letting the best man win out knowing that, yeah, we're in uncharted territories where like for the last four years you've had Pollard you've had Zeke and that's like a locked and loaded one-two punch you know what you have in both those players this is the first season where you don't have that but at the same time I'm also excited to see like I think Dowdle I think I'm I'll take a swing and say Dowdle Jones um, Malik Davis all three of those and Deuce Vaughn all four of those players get reps in the regular season and you're going to get to see I wouldn't say a decent amount of all of them, but you're going to get to see enough where you can make a prognosis on all of them. Bye. So come playoff time. We know who the running back to is. Yeah. I, you know, and this is probably how I, I'm probably not unique in this thought, but I want to see Tony Pollard look good in camp. I want to see him take some contact. I want to see him full burst in some, you know, 11 on 11 touch and go drills, but I don't want to see him sniff a preseason game. There's no need handle him like Ezekiel Elliott. I want to see those guys duke it out. Right. I, I, Ronald Jones is a veteran, didn't have a great opportunity in Kansas City, had better numbers in Tampa Bay. People, I'm I'm high on him. I I see the potential here, but I also see it in all four of these guys. So like for me, I'm like, I like some things from all of these guys, but nobody to me is a clear and obvious favorite at this point. And that makes me a little nervous. I think, yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. I think you give each of them the opportunity to start one because there's three preseason games now. That's how the NFL, yeah, yeah three yep. preseason games give i i I don't think deuce vaughn you probably don't need to see him try like start a game but i'd give ronald jones malik davis rico dowdle all three the opportunity to start the game sub another in for the second half like you'll obviously be rotating throughout the game but i want to see all three have the opportunity to start at least one game and whoever i think you're most confident in maybe it's ronald jones may trot him out for the second game and let him play nfl starting defensive players I totally agree, man. You know, it's it's going to be fun to watch. There's a lot of battles, and I, we had talked about it all off season. A lot more battles than we're typically used to. There's some as good a roster as this is. There's a lot more unsettled positions than we probably talked about before. I'll make more camp fun camp battles. So, um, you know, that's another episode. And you got anything else we want to touch on before we go here, or what do you got? No, I'm just ready yeah. for training camp to start. <laughs> I'm ready for the headlines. As much yep. as I hate the like the training camp headlines where every player's the greatest player to ever touch the football field. I'm, I'm ready for him. Yeah. I'm yeah. That's 
there's something about flipping on NFL Network and seeing like the 24-7 coverage and, you know, yep. watching it. Nah, man, I'm pumped up. We have one more off-season, guys. One more off-season episode before we will be in training camp week talking Cowboys football. I can't believe we're, <laughs> we've come this far, honestly. Speaking of, who's hard knocks this year? Is it the Jets? They haven't announced it. And this is the longest Are you kidding? time. They, <laughs> they haven't announced it. And it's because, and this is, we can go on a whole nother tangent on this. The Jets don't want it. This is what's reported. The Jets don't want to do it. And the NFL is about to be like, we're making you do it. So I think there's some tug and pull there. And I think ultimately it's going to be the Jets, but they haven't announced it yet. Okay. I mean, I'm going to watch it regardless <laughs> of who it is. <laughs> yeah. That's so fun. I, I, I can understand teams not wanting to like it yeah. is a little bit of a distraction. So I yeah. can understand that. <laughs> so it'll be fun. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for all this, guys. One more episode off season version. And then after that, it's football season grind mode. So from another episode of the first and ten podcast, Tony Catalina here with Aiden Davis. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we will catch you next week. Peace. <laughs>